Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? All ready to go, Dano. Let's hit it, baby. Oh, man, do we got a show for you today, folks. This is going to be stacked. Finally, it happened. President Trump has ordered the declassification of the materials we've been asking for, the FISAs, the texts. Uh, We should finally uh, get an idea of what happened in this episode. Epic disaster yep. known as Spygate, uh, known as Spygate by me, uh, even the title of my book. And uh, the liberal media is uh, freaking out, folks. And I'm going to tell you why they're freaking out today. This is going to be a ride. So strap yourself in. Buckle your seatbelts. I've got some explosive stuff for you. Matter of fact, I just got off the phone with Jeff, who uh, writes for uh, the market's work, in other words, uh, who writes some good pieces, and we were discussing some just explosive stuff here. All right, don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by buddies at My Patriot Supply. As you've seen with a lot of these recent natural disasters, preparedness matters. You ensure everything in your life that matter. Ensure your food supply. Recent events have proven to us, again, the importance of preparation. Once the cone of impact was known for Hurricane Florence, we all saw the pictures of empty uh, store shelves cleared of basic food and water. That's not what you want to face when an emergency strikes you folks you need a plan for food storage and water filtration protection from disasters and you need your survival tools this is important stuff here's where you get those things my patriot supply They've helped hardworking Americans prepare and become more self-reliant for over a decade. They sell hundreds of items, including emergency survival food kits. I have tons of them. Gravity-powered water filtration systems at the MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Could be a Category 4 hurricane, an earthquake, a cyber attack, shutting down our power grid, maybe flooding, and a water contamination crisis. For those emergencies and more, shop at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Do it now and sleep well tonight. I have a ton of stuff from them. It's terrific. All right. Listen, folks, here's what's problem. Here's the problem. Here's what's going on right now. So uh, Donald Trump, as you know, ordered the declassification yesterday of these FISA documents, the FBI 302s, and importantly, Joseph, the texts, texts from Comey, McCabe, and others oh, yeah. who were deeply involved and embedded in this disastrous Spygate uh, debacle. All right, here's the here's the problem. Here's what the uh, here's why the media is worried. And here's why they're freaking out, folks. The declassification is not only going to show that the entire case there was media involvement in selective leaks. The media may have known, and select members of the media may have known this story was BS the whole time because they may have had the unredacted FISA warrant the entire time. Now, what? Think about what I'm telling you, okay? Yeah. This is why a lot of these people are freaking out. Joe, as the audience ombudsman, yes, as always, stop me if I'm uh, if I'm leading anyone astray or you don't understand what's going on. I shall, folks. If the media and select members of the media, the Washington Post and New York Times, understood the entire time because they had access to one of the unredacted FISAs that this case was based entirely on this dossier and Carter Page and continued to report a lot of this George Papadopoulos collusion nonsense and all this other stuff, knowing full well it was based on Hillary Clinton campaign documents and failed to report a lot of this is pure, utter speculation based on political documents. The media, not that they already haven't been exposed as fake news, but they're going to look like idiots. What am I basing this on? Why does it matter to you? One of the best articles I can recommend to you that would lay this out for you if you're confused at the end of the show is going to be in my show notes today. It's a piece from August by Jeff Carlson. It's at the Markets Work. That's his site. It's going to be at the top of the show notes. Please, please, 
read it. It's going to lay out in intricate detail everything I'm telling you. Now, this is uh, this is critical. Folks, something happened in March of 2017, something you need to be aware of. March of 2017 is a critical date. It's a, a critical month. March is when the unredacted, we're pretty sure, the unredacted FISA applications from October and January are delivered over to the U.S. Senate, right? All right. These unredacted FISA applications, Joe, are from what I'm hearing from a number of people are heavily, heavily married to the dossier, almost exclusively basing their information on the discredited dossier. This is important, okay? Okay. The discredited dossier is a key component of these October uh, and January FISAs that are October and January, uh, October of 2016, January of 2017. So in March of 2017, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence and Senator Grassley and Senator Feinstein from Judiciary uh, get a copy of these unredacted FISA applications, which I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the scandal is they're based almost entirely on a dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton. Now, this is where the media and this is why they're freaking out. Now that Trump has unredacted a lot of this, specifically certain pages of the fourth FISA, which is the last one, but it's important because all this stuff has already happened at this point. It is becoming crystal clear that the media was knee deep in this entire operation. The media has likely known from day one that a lot of the information they were basing this case on was crap. What do I mean? What else happens right around that time period? The staffer for the Senate uh, Select Committee on Intelligence, a guy by the name of Wolf, James Wolf. James Wolf is having a relationship with a reporter at the time from BuzzFeed, a woman by the name of Allie Watkins. Allie Watkins hmm. gets a text on May 17th, the day that the document is delivered, these two FISA applications, the date they're delivered to the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Allie Watkins gets a series of texts from James Wolf. She is a reporter for BuzzFeed. She's later uh, writes a piece exposing Carter Page. Right. Exposing Carter Page's name okay. to the public, not exposing him. As a, so does this make sense? Yeah, yeah, we're good so far. So the document, these two FISA documents are delivered. Now, it is the number of the text that should pique your interest right now. Wolf sends 82 texts uh, yeah. to Ali Watkins, his reporter girlfriend at the time. We remember that. Why, would you remember this yes, part? Yes, Why is this critical? She's a reporter. She later goes on and obviously has uh, she has uh, she later goes on to work for, I believe, the New York Times. But it's clear she has some kind of relationship with others and that these leaks are happening in the uh, I mean, she's got media relationships, right? The 82 texts are critical. Why? Because the first FISA application. Remember, there are two of them delivered to the Senate uh, Committee on Intelligence. The first FISA application is 82 pages long, 82 plus a signature page. Now, you may be saying to yourself, I don't get it. Where are we going with this? Folks, entire pages of that first FISA are redacted in what was disclosed publicly just recently. What was it, a month ago or two months ago? They uh, they released redacted portions of the FISA. Yeah, Remember that? I did two, a show on about it. About two, yeah. Yeah, about two months ago, right? Mm -hmm. 82 pages, that number is critical because the first FISA is 82 substantive pages long along with the signature page. Now, you... You have to ask yourself a pretty basic question here, folks. If James Wolf and the Senate Committee on Intelligence as a staffer is handling this original FISA warrant, 
Why would he text a fully blacked out redacted page to his reporter girlfriend? The answer is he wouldn't. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. If the document was 82 pages long, the substantive pages, again, outside the signature page, why would he text a fully blacked out page? Now, let me be crystal clear on this. You read Jeff Carlson's piece today. You'll see that as well. Some of these pages are fully redacted. Why would you text essentially a black dot to your reporter girlfriend? You wouldn't. What does that suggest? That the, the length of the text, we know it was 82 pages because Wolf is now under federal investigation. It suggests that he sent the unredacted FISA to his reporter girlfriend, who subsequently reported on this information. Folks, suggesting that this woman who worked for BuzzFeed and obviously has relationships in the journalism field, later went on to work for the New York Times, that Ali Watkins and other reporters may have had access to the fully unredacted FISA you're about to see. Why does that matter, folks? Because I'm telling you what's in the fully unredacted FISA is the scandal. It's the scandal from 30,000 feet that they spied on this Carter Page guy using information from a dossier paid for by Hillary Clinton, the information being laundered through the Justice Department, and they used media leaks to buttress their case. The whole case is based on a fake dossier. That's the scandal, folks. The whole thing is based on this fake information. The problem and the reason the media is freaking out over these declassifications is because now the public's going to see what they've known the whole time, that this case was based entirely on political information provided by people paid by Hillary Clinton. Joe, do you get where I'm going with oh, this? Oh, yeah. They should have let that information go a long a time long time ago, ago. Daddy. Yeah. They, 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 if the media had this information yeah. and understood that this was all based on the dossier, why have they been promoting all these alternative fairy tales? The Papadopoulos story, all this other stuff. If they've known the whole time, people in the media... That this was a this case was based entirely on political opponent re, uh, opposition research paid for by the Clintons. Why have they been propagating all propagating all of these additional myths? It was about Papadopoulos. Ah. It was about this. It was about that. It was about the dossier the whole time. Yep. The media has known it, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. Now. There's some critical stuff here. This is why this is going to be an, an, an epic moment for the media. And there's going to have to be a, a, a real uh, recognition moment where they look in the mirror and have to say to themselves, what was our role in this? Because they clearly propagandized the American people. Here's what else is going on. In April 11th of 2017, the Washington Post, Devlin Barrett, Adam Entios, who were intimately uh, involved in this media operation with the FBI. Their names appear um, in text messages uh, with the FBI. It's clear they were, they were the recipient of some uh, leaks, some critical leaks in this. They write an article about the existence of the FISA warrant, which appears on April 11th, again, of, uh, of 2017, about the existence of the FISA warrant against Carter Page. But folks, there's a critical mistake in there. The initial article, which they had to issue a correction for, again, Jeff has this in his piece. I strongly encourage you to read it. The correction is critical. The Washington Post piece from April 11th indicates that the first FISA, that the FISA was issued in the summer of 2016. Folks, that's not accurate. 
That's not accurate. The FISA was issued October 21st of 2016. That is clearly not the summer. Matter of fact, it's, you know, you're starting to approach the winter. Why does that matter? So just to be clear what I'm saying here, the media is freaking out because many of them had this fully unredacted document the whole time, which exposed which exposes the dossier as the key component to this whole case, which was fake. But secondly, secondly here, why did the media report on this summer of 2016 date and how did they get it wrong? I'm going to make a suggestion to you here. I'm telling you there are people out there who know this whole story. If you're a listener to the show, I'm pretty convinced John Solomon from The Hill knows the whole story. Um, and is is doing uh, is is his homework and, and releasing it slowly in digestible bits so you all get it. If you're watching Hannity's program at night, some of the people who have good sources on this, Carter, Solomon, and others, you'll see this running thread, Joe, that there's something else going on here. Mm. Again, why would the Washington Post get the date wrong? The FISA was not issued in the summer. There were applications for FISAs issued in the summer. Who else were they trying to target? Let me lay out for you a, uh, and, and let me be clear on this. I'm, I'm reasonably confident what I'm telling you is going to materialize as, as having been the real genesis of paragraph one. But I can't tell you how I think I know it just yet. I think what happened here. Is it's obvious the FBI and the DOJ had a political animus towards Trump and wanted to target him. I told you about Plan A, the unmaskings, uh, all the unmaskings, and the potential for queries of the NSA database uh, by the use of private contractors. I talked about that in the show last week. How uh, people in the government were likely querying NSA metadata. I mean, we know that was happening based on the FISA court's interpretation. What exactly they were looking for, we're unsure, and we still don't know who those private contractors were. God forbid they were people working for Fusion GPS or CrowdStrike. By the way, we know that was shut down. They now have to move on to a more formal type of operation where they have to get some kind of a FISA warrant. They issue multiple applications which are denied. And they do issue those applications for a FISA in the summer. There have been some hints, and I happen to agree with the people who are dropping these hints, that who else was targeted by this? Here's what I think is going to start to pop up in the coming weeks and months, and especially now that we see the declassifications coming out. Joe, here's what happened here. I think Papadopoulos was the initial target of this. Mm. Papadopoulos and his meeting, as I've said to you repeatedly with Mifsud, I think that was the initial target of this investigation. Mifsud has obvious connections to uh, Western intelligence. You can see his pictures out there. Um, I think the Papadopoulos-Mifsud meeting was the opening target for this investigation, and they thought they had struck gold. I think what happened is the Papadopoulos angle did not materialize because Papadopoulos just wouldn't bite. He would not bite. He didn't. Um, Papadopoulos screwed up. He, he uh, lied to the FBI about the date he was talking to Mifsud. But I don't think that the Papadopoulos angle materialized. In other words, I, if you were looking to target Trump and we're looking for an in, somebody probably said, hey, man, listen, we got this Papadopoulos guy. Let's work him. Right. Mm hmm. I don't think it worked. He wouldn't bite on the Russian email stuff. He wouldn't bite on it. So they really had a soft case against Papadopoulos. Now, Solomon's kind of hinted at this a little bit in some of his appearances in primetime on Fox. 
As the Papadopoulos angle dies out, they need a new target in Plan B. Because remember, now they're shut down. They're shut down on the uh, the 702 queries and other things like that, querying the NSA database. So they have to have some kind of a formal investigation, Joe. Right. So the formal investigation into Papadopoulos, where they think they can seek possibly a FISA, maybe against Manafort, it's not really materializing like they think it's going to. They move on. They're searching around. They need another name. They need a FISA warrant because remember, once they get the FISA warrant, ladies and gentlemen, on someone on the Trump team, they have these two hops. That's important where they can hop from that person to the person they email to the person they email. So just to be clear on this, once they get a FISA on basically anyone inside the Trump team, they have a surveillance net to surveil the entire Trump team. You don't forget that. That's why they start going for the little guys because they don't need the big guy. Once they get the little guy, they can hop right up to the big guy. Simple as that. Yep. I think they went for Papadopoulos and they got nothing. They move on. Carter Page materializes. Now, as Jeff has in his piece, which is a really good point, um, and a bunch of others, uh, I, I think, may, actually, I'm sorry, that may be Paul Sperry, I'll get, but I'll get to that. I got a bunch of stuff. I've reading so much stuff over the last few days. I'm trying to distill this down to the main takeaways. Peter Stroke is the division supervisor who had initially uh, had some, and, 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 uh, I shouldn't say initially, who had had some supervisory authority over the New York case against the Russian spies Carter Page was involved in. Follow me. Page is the Washington, D.C., excuse me, stroke, is the Washington, D.C. supervisor for this case. As the Papadopoulos angle falls apart, Joe, and they realize they're probably not going to be able to get a FISA against Papadopoulos, they may have applied. This is what we all need to know. Hmm. They say, hey, listen, now we know Stroke is involved heavily in this case. He probably figures, hey, I remember supervising a case in New York where this guy Carter Page, who's also on the Trump team, wasn't he involved somehow with a Russian case? Yes, yes, he helped us out. He was the confidential informant who had helped us out in this case. Wow, look what we've got. We've got an entirely new angle here. They move on to Carter Page. They get the FISA against Carter Page on October 21st of 2017, allowing them to spy again, basically on the entire Trump team using that uh, that FISA application and these two hops that they can do. Folks, I think the Page angle blows up too. Papadopoulos turns out to be nothing, which we've seen now. They only have him on a false uh, statement to the FBI about a date. It's a nonsensical charge. I believe the Page thing fell apart too. This I have on... On good, uh, good information. As the page angle starts to fall apart, because remember, Joe, they're listening in on page now. They have the FISA. They're right. essentially listening in on his calls. They have his emails. They have his texts. Ladies and gentlemen, Carter Page is never arrested, which says to me and should say to you what? The page case probably fell apart, too. It was enough. There was no there there. Do I have to, let me read to you a text by Peter Stroke. Stroke, an investigation leading to impeachment? You and I both know the odds are nothing. If I thought it was likely, uh, I'd be there, no question. I hesitate in part because of my gut sense and concern. There's no big there there. May 18th, 2017, folks. This is after the, the, uh, by the way, this is right, this is after the FISA warrants and right at the time of the Mueller appointment. 
This is the lead investigator intimately involved in this who's saying there's no big there there. What does that tell you? That tells you that the uh, that the Carter Page case was probably falling apart too. They're listening in and they're figuring out, Joe, that this is a big zero. Now does the jump back to Papadopoulos and the speedy arrest and all this stuff start to make sense? Oh, yeah. You're darn right it does. They're panicking now. They thought they had a case in Papadopoulos setting him up. It falls apart. They jumped to Carter Page. People in headquarters remember the name. Carter Page, wasn't he involved with some Russians at some point? Let's go after him. That turns out to be garbage. Then they start really freaking out. Then they jump right back to uh, to to Papadopoulos again. Man, we got to shut him up. Folks, who else were they looking into? How many unmaskings on people were there? Those national security letters that the FBI now admits using. Were there any issued for Papadopoulos? Manafort? Just how extensive was the surveillance operation on the Trump team? You hear all these people hinting to it last night? Is this FISA application and all the FBI notes in this case and the text going to be, um, is this going to, when we start getting the full spectrum of the surveillance net against the Trump team, was it going to be more than just about Carter Page? Let me give you some other interesting angles on this. And just to close that loop, by the way, I don't have a great answer for you right now as to why the Washington Post in their April 11th article exposing the FISA got the date wrong. And here's where I think there's some confusion amongst me and some others I've been talking to about the case. If that summer date that they got was a leak about a FISA application and that FISA application was about someone else, it doesn't make sense that their source wouldn't correct it in advance before getting the story. You see what I'm saying, Joe? If you were going to leak that you were applying for a FISA warrant in the summer against the Trump uh, satellite figure, right? Mm -hmm. Or a Trump, a person in the Trump campaign. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that you wouldn't correct it. And if it was a trap, some kind of canary trap, then it doesn't make sense either that Stroke wouldn't correct them unless, because Stroke's the lead investigator. Unless they have multiple sources, they run with what source one running a canary trap with the wrong date gives them. And then someone involved in the investigation with connections like stroke correct connects them, uh, corrects them later. I'm not sure. There's also a date of October 19th as the date of the initial FISA, uh, which is not accurate. That keeps appearing in these left leaning reports. Keep in mind. The date, October 19th, of the FISA 2017 warrant, ladies and gentlemen, that appears nowhere in the redacted FISA. The dates are blacked out. The only date you see is the March 17th date that the thing is stamped and delivered to the Senate Committee on Intelligence. This is a little confusing. I get it at this point. Yeah. The October 19th date that keeps appearing in the media as the date the original FISA is issued is not accurate. The date is October 21st, Joe. So what I'm asking you to consider is how did the media get that date of October 19th? It's not in the document because it's redacted. 
unless, circling back, the media's had the unredacted document the whole time, and the date in the document is intentionally wrong. Maybe they leaked to them a copy of the FISA with the date intentionally wrong, and then someone from the FBI or DOJ called and said, no, no, that's not the date. It's October 21st, hence the correction later on. You, it, you tracking? Yeah. The date, does that date, October 19th, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, does not appear in the FISA document that's redacted. But it may very well appear in an unredacted canary trap document that was delivered to the Senate, knowing it was going to be leaked, knowing the media was going to report on it, and knowing, in fact, that they would have trapped the person who, uh, who leaked it because that was a setup document. It was the wrong date. It doesn't make sense otherwise why the media would keep getting these dates wrong. Yeah, right. But they issue corrections almost immediately. Which logically leads me to conclude, Joe, that these people in the media and the leakers were being set up. They're leaking documents. The media's leaking documents. Uh, Excuse me. Documents are being leaked to the media from the Senate Committee on Intelligence. We know that because Wolf is already being investigated for that. What I'm telling you is maybe the documents delivered to the U.S. Senate, those FISA applications, the core of the documents are the same, but there's misinformation sprinkled without. That misinformation is being used to target who the leakers were. You know, and I find it kind of strange that they published it without checking up, which means they probably trusted their source enough to take it, you know, to take it raw. Does it make do you does it, you get what, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I no, I see exactly. Trusted the source yeah. who would be reliable. Right. If their source was in fact Wolf, the staffer on the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, this makes a world of sense. Why would he have an inaccurate FISA application? Hmm. But again, he texts 82 times to his girlfriend. The original document is 82 pages long. Now you may be saying, "Well, Dan, because I asked uh, Jeff and I had a conversation this morning. Mm-hmm. I said, listen, well." It, technically, it was the first two FISA applications that were delivered. So how how maybe he just delivered the unredacted portions of the first two. And Jeff brings up a good point. He goes, no, because that's far more than 82 pages. It makes more sense that he leaked the unredacted first 82-page FISA to them. And in that unredacted document is the wrong date. Folks, please, I, I, I'm, I, I so deeply apologize for this being confusing. But I want you to understand and have some faith that there are things going on behind the scenes. It's not happening quick. It's not happening at a speedy pace. But things are happening. It would make a world of sense. If a fake FISA application, now the core of it's real, but fake information littered throughout this FISA application is delivered over to the Senate. People in the intelligence community, good guys, know it's going to be leaked. So they sprinkle throughout it information like fake dates, but they only make it wrong by a couple dates. We've seen this before, have we not? The Don Trump Jr. story about how he was leaking information to WikiLeaks. What was wrong? The date. He wasn't leaking anything. WikiLeaks was spamming his email box. 
The Mike Flynn story. Oh, he was ordered to contact the Russians as the uh, during the campaign. It was after the campaign was over. We've seen these yeah. leaks before. Strategically designed leaks designed to trap people. I, let me circle back to how we started. I believe this is why the media is freaking out right now. They realize in some of these declassified documents, some of the information they've been exposed to the whole time, the wrong dates, all of this stuff, is going to expose them because they got played. The date was wrong for a reason reason to expose the leakers knowing they were going to leak to their media allies who then put it out and published it in the paper this makes a world of sense why they're freaking out right now i think most of us are with you i think we've we've got it we're good makes sense to me all right it's yeah. important gotcha. this explains a couple of things it explains the october 19th date just to, again to be clear the media kept reporting the FISA application, the first one, was approved on October 19th. It was not. It was approved on October 21st. Why would they all report? Read Jeff Carlson's piece. He has links to all the, the October 19th FISA. The October, there was no October 19th FISA. There was an October 21st FISA, first FISA. Now, you can't leak a, a fake document altogether, Joe. The media will sniff out that it's garbage. Yeah. You have to leak it if you're looking to canary trap people. You have to leak it with some element of believability. And you sprinkle it with some false statements throughout, knowing that those false statements or false dates will get reported. And then you say, well, who did we give those false dates to? Oh, we gave them to a guy on the Senate staff. Well, that's got to be the guy leaking because the media is reporting October 19th. Now, Jeff brought up an interesting point to me I wanted to relay, and it's a good one, too. Let's not forget here that Fusion GPS was really, really eager, Joe, to cover up its bank records as well. Wait, let me get to that in a second. This is important, right. folks. This is really critical stuff. All right. Um, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at ExpressVPN. Hey, with all the new recent news in the media about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where your data goes. Making an online purchase or accessing your email, accessing your email, could put your private information at risk. You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, and your mobile or internet provider. I hate that. Not only can they record your browsing history, but they often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why I decided to take back my privacy using ExpressVPN. This is so super easy to use, folks. Can't recommend it highly enough. ExpressVPN is easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of my computer, phone, and tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. It's really, really really easy to use. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. Protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, but you won't need it. You'll love it. So if you ever use public Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is a solution. And if you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free. It's a great deal at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's Express vpn.com slash Bongino for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. So here's where I'm getting at now, uh, just to go back to these Fusion Fusion GPS, which was the company hired by Hillary to gin up this dossier that now with the declassification, I'm telling you we're going to be we're going to be absolutely convinced by this declassification, all of us, that this was the entire case, the dossier, the whole thing, the whole time, mm -hmm. which was fake, right? Mm -hmm. 
Fusion was eager to hide its bank records. Who was Fusion paying, Joe? Was Fusion paying some reporters? Now, again, my sincere apologies if this is at all confusing. But the declassification is not simply about, it's about two things. It's about the media's role in this about to be exposed. And secondly, it's about exculpatory info. I haven't even gotten to that yet. That may not have been included. But the media's role in this, what I've been laying out to you is, was the media being leaked to selectively while the intelligence community was already aware of the leaks they were providing canary traps knowing an extensive leak network was being worked to damage donald trump number one number two did the media have the unredacted fisa the whole time which makes them complicit in this joe because they would have known the whole case was based on the carter page dossier the dossier wasn't even, it was a the dossier on page was a joke it was a farce did the media know this the whole time where they still pumped the collusion fairy tale Third, who was Fusion GPS paying? Was Fusion GPS on the Hillary Clinton payroll at the exact same time that they were paying reporters to pump some of their stories? Oh, boy, if that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, this is why the media is freaking out. They may have been actively involved in a leak operation without even knowing it. They were getting played. I, I told you about the dates. The dates, are, the dates were wrong for a reason. They may have had the unredacted FISA. Why do we know that? Or why do we think that? Because we have an 82-page uh, text, an 82-text exchange with a reporter. The document's 82 substantive pages long. Why would you text redaction, redacted pages? It's probably the full document. Also, if there's no date in the document, and there is none, go look at the redacted FISA. You will not find a date other than the March 17th stamp. How did the media get the October 19th date unless they had a leak? But it's not the right days. It was probably put in there intentionally to out the media and the people that were being leaked to. You tracking? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're good. Finally, was the company hired by Hillary Clinton actively working with reporters on their payroll to advance this Russian collusion story? Then, I mean, think about the angles here and how devastating this is to the media's uh, enterprise as fair and uh, fair and, and, and honest arbiters of the truth. It would be over, over. You have them first receiving classified information from insiders. That's nonsense. It's debunked dossier garbage the FBI used. You have them caught in a canary trap and you may have some of them on the dole. Now, why am I very suspicious of Fusion GPS here too? Because I based the show on the facts and we already know that Fusion GPS was very, very... That is the one thing they would not talk... They did not want to talk about their bank records. They did not want anyone to know who they were paying. But also, Joe, why did Glenn Simpson run in the Fusion GPS operation? Why did he tell investigators in the case that he only met and started talking with Bruce Orr after the election? That's not true. That's not what Bruce Orr says. Bruce Orr said they started talking in August. August, election in November, August, November. Joe, is August before November? Uh, 
Yes. Yes. It is. Okay. It is, yeah. yeah, I thought so. Got I it. had to check on that. I you know, sometimes I have to do those yeah. in January for me. Okay. August is before November. Yeah. So we have two conflicting stories here. Remember, we're talking about was fusion relaying information to the media and a sophisticated operation the media was involved in to discredit and take down the Trump team. That's why they're freaking out. What is in the 302s, the Bruce Orr interviews with the FBI that they're going to declassify? If there are 302s from August talking about Glenn Simpson from Fusion, we know Glenn Simpson was not telling the truth then. But it would be awfully convenient, Joe, for Glenn Simpson if he didn't want people to know that there were potential payments to people in the media to advance this Russian collusion hoax in conjunction with Democrat operatives and others. It would be awfully convenient for him to say, wouldn't it, that no, no, I didn't start talking to justice till after the election. Wouldn't that be convenient? Hmm. In other words, wasn't me, Joe. I didn't do it. I didn't try to alter the election. Wait, wait, wait. I thought the story here, folks was that the Trump team was working with the Russians to try to alter the election. Wouldn't it be awfully special if Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS had met with justice officials before the election, as Bruce Orr seems to clearly indicate based on his August 2016 statements that he met uh, and started talking with Simpson on this. Wouldn't it be fantastic if the whole time it was Fusion GPS working with Russian sources before the election to try to actually alter the election and is that what Bob Mueller and everyone else is trying to hide today? Ew. Now do you see why, Joe? It's in Glenn Simpson's best interest to say, oh, no, no, we didn't meet till after the election. You sure about that, Daddy-o? Daddy-o, are you <laughs> crystal clear on that? Because you got some splaining to do when these now declassified FBI summaries of their meetings with Bruce Orr, God forbid these meetings document conversations you had with Bruce Orr before the election. Oh, and your wife, Bruce Orr, was working for Fusion GPS at Simpsons uh, and working with Simpsons operation. Does that make any sense to you at all? No, of course it doesn't. I think it's clear as day what's going on. Fusion GPS hired Nellie Orr for her expertise in Russian, but for her expertise in something else, too. A relationship with Bruce Orr. Ooh. She was married to him. There was only one expert. This was not a polygamous relationship in Bruce Orr. And that expert was Nellie. You need access to the Justice Department? Oh, and by the way, she's an expert in Russian, too. Isn't that great? How about we work with some Russian sources putting together this dossier, right? We work with Russian sources. We get some fake information from these Russian sources. We can have Nelly kind of help with the whole Russian translation and all that other stuff. Maybe Nelly, you know, maybe get maybe Fusion GPS had some access to some stuff. Were they one of those contractors, by the way, tapping into that database? People want to know, you know, Nelly gets to, you know, use her Russian skills here. These Russian sources, she can help out. Conveniently, her husband works at the DOJ right before the election. They're shuttling fake information through the dossier into the Justice Department that makes it into the FISA court. They get a double whammy. They get to spy on Trump. They get an instant connection into the DOJ and triple whammy. And then they get to work with media sources. Who are they paying exactly? They get to work with media sources to filter this nonsense narrative into the media to damage Donald Trump and God forbid he wins. Use, him to use that information to appoint a special counsel later. Folks, I'm telling you, this is going to be an epic disaster. Did, 
Do you understand why? Because a lot of you who are regular listeners, this is familiar stuff to you, yeah. some of it. Mm-hmm. But with the declassification, I know to Joe, I can see him shaking his head here. Mm-hmm. But with the declassification last night, I want you to fully understand why the declassification part is so damaging. Don't take the simplistic way out. The, I'm not trying to knock anyone. You know, people have jobs in life. They don't have yeah, time. Right. This is what I do for a living. You know, Joe has another job. I mean, he, he doesn't get, I wrote a book. I mean, literally wrote a book on this, right? Right. With Denise and Matt. Mm-hmm. The simplistic take on this is, oh yeah, it's going to expose that the dossier was used to spy on Trump. Yes, it is. You're right. And that is the big story. But that's not why the media is freaking out. The media is freaking out because they had the, they knew this the whole time. Do you understand they've known the entire time that the dossier was the, the bedrock of this entire spying operation and the media did almost nothing to verify any of it while reporting it because they wanted it to be true. Were they being paid by Fusion? Were they part of a canary trap? I can't. I don't want to keep repeating, but I, you need to understand the media is panicking because they were an integral part of this entire operation. They have been reporting the whole time on a fake dossier that some of them actually had based on almost dispositive information. The texts, the wrong date that keeps appearing. The date isn't in the redacted document. How would the media get a date? What did they guess? They had the unredacted one. So wrapping up takeaway number one. This is a critical day. Not just because the FBI is going to be exposed, but the media too. We're now going to start to find out just how much they knew, when they knew it, and how extensive the ties were between investigators and media people. That's where the uh, the McCabe texts come in. And let me just let you in on a little piece of information that is, I'm not sure if it's exclusive to me, but... There were a lot of after-hours communications that happened between FBI higher-ups involved in this. You can cash this check. Take it to the bank. A lot of those after-hours communications were not on devices secured for that information. Uh Now, uh uh-oh, is right. Why does that matter? Folks, the FBI dumped an investigation into Hillary Clinton for exchanging classified information over unclassified personal servers. Were they doing that while actually exchanging information on this case and others over unclassed devices themselves? It's not a small detail, folks. Does that explain, at least partially, outside of the political bias, why they were so eager to make that case go away? And while Jim, why Jim Comey gave that press, oh, no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute this. Were you involved too, Jim? Was there personal email there too? In other words, were you involved in the exchange of information entirely inappropriate over unclassified devices? Now do you see why the the declassification, not just of the 302s and the FISA applications, but the declassification of the texts? Now do you see why this is so devastating? Yeah. 
This entire house of cards, folks, is collapsing. Listen to me, Libs. You've been suckered. You've been snookered. You got worked over so bad. You have been promoting this collusion hoax forever. It's over. It's over. Time to take a bath on this. Time to disinfect. It's done. Your story is now completely going to come out. It's finished. It is over. But it's not just the media's role in this that's going to be exposed. It's the exculpatory information, too, that was likely not included. Now, please, again, read the show notes. These pieces are long, but they are worth your time today. There's a Paul Sperry piece at Real Clear Investigations I have in the show notes, which lays out in detail how not only is this going to expose um, the Carlson piece is more about the media angle, but Sperry's piece is about the angle on, Car- on Carter Page. The FBI, ladies and gentlemen, had information indicating Carter Page was not, in fact, a Russian agent, which kind of throws a monkey wrench into your FISA application if your FISA application, Joe, says that Carter Page is a Russian agent. You have to include that. It is immoral. It is unethical. Unethical. It is unquestionably a violation of your professional responsibilities as a federal agent by, uh, you know, given a badge and the power to arrest and take the lives and freedom of others to not walk into a court and disclose fully that there's exculpatory information indicating that your premise that he's a Russian agent may in fact not be true. We will know this now. Why will we know this? Because now we're going to get a look at the FISA application. And why this fourth one is so critical, ladies and gentlemen, is again, this is the last FISA back in June. This is when all of the Orr interviews have happened. The interview of Papadopoulos has happened. They've been spying on Carter Page for months. If Carter Page was a Russian agent, by the time the fourth FISA, Joe, They've been through multiple renewals. They've been listening in on Carter Page for a while. If that fourth FISA contains no exculpatory information, information they've unquestionably accumulated at this point, Mm -hmm. then the FBI was spying on an innocent man for a reason to get into the Trump team. And it's looking increasingly obvious like that's the case. Carter Page again was on Hannity's show last night. If this guy was some kind of Russian super sleuth, why is he out there right now and not under arrest? I think the reason is obvious because he's not. All right, I want to get to this quote from the Sperry piece because this is going to be takeaway number two. Uh, before I get to that last uh, ad of day, I always appreciate your patience. Our sponsors help us keep the show free, and I'd appreciate your uh, supporting them too. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our, our buddies at Breakhouse Nutrition. They make the best nutrition products on the market. They are a young, hungry company. They're at the tip of the spear on research, and one of their best products out there is Field of Greens. I take it every day. My mother-in-law loves it. I told you a story yesterday. My mother-in-law's like, Daddy, why do you look so young? <laughs> Yeah, she calls me Daniel like my mom. Uh, why do you look? My mom calls me Daniel. Why do you look so young on TV? I said, well, I don't, I don't think I look that young. I think I look old and decrepit, but I appreciate you saying that true story. And I attribute a lot of it to Feel the Greens. It's a fruit and vegetable supplement, um, but it's real food. That's the difference. There are a lot of crap supplements out there, these pills and powders, but a lot of them are extract. It's cheap extract too. It's not high quality fruits and vegetables. What Feel the Greens and Brickhouse Nutrition did is they took the highest quality fruits and vegetables they can get their mid on and they ground it down into real food. This is real food. It's not an extract. It's not some crap supplement. This is real fruits and vegetables. Throw a scoop in twice a day. I put it in green tea. I put it in orange juice. It tastes delicious. You will get your daily intake of fruits and vegetables, which we all know. I have never felt better. It makes you feel better. It makes me think better. I have never felt better than when I'm on it. Make you look better too. 
You all need to eat your fruits and vegetables. This is your fruit and vegetable insurance. Give it a shot. It is well worth your time. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a jar of Field of Greens today. I've never felt better from uh, since I'm on it. I give it to my kids. Everybody in my house uses it. I just gave a jar of it to my mother-in-law too who loves it. All right. So takeaway number two from the declassification and why it's so critical is their exculpatory information on Carter Page. In other words, information indicating that Page was innocent of these charges the entire time that was not included. This is a disaster for the FBI if this is in fact true. Here is a quote from Paul Sperry's piece, which will be in the show notes. And I'm quoting here. The FBI omitted from its application to spy on Carter Page. This is from a source he has, by the way, just so you understand, a source Paul Sperry has. The FBI omitted from its application to spy on Carter Page the fact that Russian spies had dismissed the former Trump campaign advisor as unreliable, or as one put it, an idiot, (laughs) and therefore unworthy of recruiting. According to congressional sources who have seen the unredacted document, folks, do you understand how profound this is? See, here's the problem. Some of the people, whenever we put out things like, and I get it, there's always, a Joe and I are in the conservative content space, and forgive mm-hmm. us sometimes for a little bit of hyperbole, but we want to get the content out, and people like adjectives and stuff, but I, honestly, if I think something's a bombshell, I'll call it a bomb. I don't care, but, oh, Dan, it's a bomb. This is huge. This is enormous. A congressional source is saying that the FBI had information that the Russians thought Carter Page was unworthy of recruiting as Joe. They apply for a FISA warrant suggesting that Carter Page is being recruited as a Russian spy. Please let that digest a minute. Chew the cut a second. Think about that. Do you understand how profound this is? That Thank you, Chew. Chewy gets it. Yeah, he gets it. This is in Sperry's piece. The FBI, according to a congressional source, had information that the Russians not only did not want this guy, they thought he was an idiot and thought he was unworthy of recruiting. (laughs) As the FBI walks into court, doesn't tell the judge any of this and says, this guy's a Russian spy, judge. Holy cow. Yeah. Yes. Now, just dialing back to point number one again. Did the media know this the whole time? Does the media, did they have information on Page that Page was not in fact the Russians? But now that part, we're unsure of. But I'm asking you the question. Did the media have some of this information that that Page was in fact not only not a Russian spy, that the Russians thought he was an idiot and thought he was unreliable? (laughs) And didn't want to recruit him while reporting simultaneously that Trump colluded with the Russians. Now do you see, folks, why the dossier being a critical component of the FISA application is so big? Again, I'm desperately trying not to confuse you because it's so important. But there are three major takeaways today. Number one is the simple one. Declassifying the FISA is going to expose that the Trump team was spied on based almost exclusively on this dossier. The dossier is fake. The dossier implicates Carter Page in some Russian collusion scandal as an agent of the Russians. It is not an accurate charge. That's number one. Number two. Did the media know this? If the media knew this, why didn't they report it? And why do they continue to propagate the myth that Trump colluded with the Russians, knowing that it's all based on a fake dossier implicating Carter Page? 
Number three, did the FBI omit exculpatory evidence from the FISA? Now, when we get this unredacted FISA, we're going to see the whole thing. And folks, God forbid it does not include this information. This is key. This is critical. The FBI is raising their right hand in Affian in a FISA court, swearing that Carter Page is a Russian spy while simultaneously having information that not only is he not, but that the Russians don't even want him. This is a key, critical piece of information. It speaks to the ethics, the morals, the professionalism, and the legality of the people we've entrusted with sincere, honest, uh, uh, supposedly honest intelligence powers that are supposed to keep us safe, not to spy on us. It gets worse. From the Sperry piece, please read this stuff today. The potentially exculpatory detail was also withheld from three renewals of the wiretap warrant before a special government surveillance court. The warrants issued by the FISA court allowed the FBI to spy on Page and others he was in contact with for almost a year. The sources also confirmed. Folks, now do you see why the fourth FISA, which is what they're specifically declassifying, the last one, is it making sense why this is so critical? Mm-hmm. It's bad enough that in the first warrant, the first FISA warrant in October, to spy on Page, it's bad enough, Joseph, mm-hmm. that they didn't disclose the exculpatory information they had based on the 2013 a Russian spy investigation that Page was involved in. He had helped the FBI, ladies and gentlemen. He was a cooperator. That's the case where the Russians called him an idiot Mm. and deemed him unworthy of recruiting. You tracking me, Joe? That was known by the time of the first FISA application. So they're spying Mm -hmm. on a guy, Carter Page, in October. They say he's a Russian agent. And in October, they know it's not true. They have exculpatory information that does not appear there indicating that the Russians don't want this guy. They think he's an idiot which obviously runs in complete contradiction to your theory that he's a Russian agent. But why the fourth FISA is so critical is they renewed this thing three times. And even in the last one, in an act of utter desperation, Joe, in June of the next year, despite spying on this innocent guy for a year, they still didn't have anything on this guy. Anything. So you've known now since 2013 that the Russians don't want this guy. You've known that they helped. He helped you. You've now been spying on him for a year. And in that fourth FISA, you have nothing other than the same regurgitated allegations in the dossier. Do you understand what that means? They spied on this guy for a year. And in that fourth FISA, you have the same exact garbage from the dossier you had in the first one. You see why it's so devastating? They spied on this guy with the full force of the United States government for a year and found nothing. Nothing. Yet they kept regurgitating the same junk over and over and over. And that junk is the dossier. Now, what else are we going to find? There's a couple other things I want to hit here in these last few minutes. 
There's an October 14th email from Peter Stroke. Remember. Remember. The October 21st date is the original FISA. Peter Stroke indicates that they have to start applying, quote, hurry the F up pressure to get this thing done. Why are they hurrying up? Now, the story I told you before about the 30,000 foot timeline makes more sense. It appears around October 14th when Stroke sends this email about the hurry the F of pressure on the FISA, Joe, mm-hmm. which is going to be approved in just seven days, right? With you. This is an October 14th email. Yeah. The FISA is approved to spy on page October 21st. Mm-hmm. The media keeps getting the date wrong, October 19th, which again, I'm telling <laughs> you is a trap. Why is why does Stroke need them, the DOJ in their vetting process to quote, hurry the F up? Why? Because right around October is probably when they start to figure out, or probably earlier than October, it's probably before he sent this email, is where they probably start to figure out that they've got absolutely nothing on their Papadopoulos angle. Remember, the Papadopoulos meeting with Mifsud, where he's told about this Russian dirt on Hillary, happens earlier in the year in April. They probably run that thing into the ground. They try to set up Papadopoulos. They run a spy against him. They do whatever they can, and they've got nothing on Papadopoulos. He doesn't bite because there's nothing to bite on. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't even have the contacts in the campaign to, to at the high levels to make the collusion happen even if he wanted to. Around October, what's coming up, Joe, in November of 2016? The election. The election. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Here it comes. Stroke, whose anti-Trump animus is clear as day at this point, and again, who is the, now I'm going to tie it together for you, was the supervisor in Washington, D.C. overseeing that 2013, uh, was a supervisor, that 2013 case from the, the New York office with the Russian spies where Carter Page cooperated. They finally start to see, let's try this Page guy instead. There was something with him and the Russians, right? They need, the, they need to speed up the FISA, which is issued October 21st, because they're running out of time before the election. <laughs> they know if they can get a spy net on this guy, a drag net, through the FISA warrant, they can start to hop around through the two-hop rule, through the Trump campaign. And if there is any Russian collusion, although Page says later on in May there's no big there there, that they'll find it and they can get it before the election and probably leak it to their media sources. They don't have anything. But now that October 14th email, hurry the F up pressure, starting to make a whole lot of sense. Also, folks, there's a very suspicious text exchange that's been uh, mi- uh, milling its way around that should make more sense now that it's lot- the redactions are going to be pulled out. There's a text exchange, Joe, mm-hmm. from uh, what is this? Looks like. Right around the October-November period. Excuse me, I'm, I, my eyesight's really bad. It's sent to Peter Stroke, um, and he says, we need to lock in redacted in a formal, chargeable way, too. Stroke then texts back. Uh, he says, I agree. I've been pushing, and I'll reemphasize with Bill. Let's assume he's talking about his boss, Bill Price, then. Folks, if that... The name is redacted, so let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Comey's fired at this point. Comey, um, what do we say here? So Comey, we need to lock in in a formal, chargeable way. So, yeah, he wants to. No, uh, just to be clear, who he's talking about. I, I don't want to confuse anybody. 
Peter Stroke, who's the lead investigator in this case, talks about locking someone in in a formal, chargeable way, but the name is redacted. And uh, and Peter uh, Lisa Page says that. And Page responds, I agree. I've been pushing. And I'll reemphasize with Bill Prystep, his boss. When these redactions are pulled out, God forbid that name is Mike Flynn. Because it shows, again, a targeted effort by people to take down people in the Trump team, to lock them in. They're looking to lock these people in early to get why they still have their own people in charge of the FBI before someone gives them a look-see. Now, sorry if that was a little confusing. I just want to bring that up in light of the fact that Mike Flynn's sentencing date keeps getting pushed back, and now it looks like they've locked in a date, uh, which says to me that Mueller wants to lock that sentencing agreement in before the IG report comes out, which exposes just how badly the Mike Flynn case was handled. Um, That's my guess on that. There was one last thing I wanted to cover on this. What was it? Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. I had a brain meltdown there. I got so much stuff going on today, so just forgive me. Um, But let me just quickly sum up, and then we'll bounce for the day. So the media is worried because of the declassification of the documents. It may show that they've been involved. We want to know who was being paid. We want to know all the texts. Who were they dealing with in the FBI? Were they part of a canary trap? And were they propagating the myth? Did they have the unredacted FISA? If they did, why didn't they, why did they keep reporting that Carter Page um, was a Russian spy and not do any effort at all to verify, in fact, that the dossier was true? Secondly, the FBI omit exculpatory data from this. If they omitted the exculpatory data on Carter Page, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be looking at a world of trouble for all of these people. Oh, here's the one thing I wanted to uh, mention. Um, I had suggested to you a while ago, because some of you had asked me, you were like, get him, get stroke. Why is he still there? And why is Price Step and these others, why are they still in the FBI? And I had suggested to you, Joe, if you remember that, because there's a difference between administrative and criminal penalties. And you have to remain with the agency in order for administrative penalties to remain Mm -hmm. effective. If they were to fire people in the FBI like Stroke immediately, they would not have their pensions and administrative penalties to hold over their heads. Understand that, please. The criminal prosecutions of Stroke are completely separate. He will always maintain uh, his ability to plead the Fifth Amendment. We plead the Fifth. I'm not going to say it. That's fine. He's an American citizen. No one can force him to say anything. But... But, but, while he's working within the FBI, they can force him to say something under administrative guidelines or he loses his job. Mm. And then he can plead the fifth all he wants. I suggested to you a long time ago, if you're a listener, that I believe Stroke and McCabe and others were kept on the payroll longer than necessary because there may have been a little operation on the administrative side to see what they were doing. Don't be surprised if in the coming days and months we find out that there were efforts by them after this was exposed to cover their tracks. You heard it here first. And that the FBI may have been watching the whole time. And if they fired them, Joe, those tracks would have disappeared. Sorry for that little brain thing at the end. I just like that so much going on today. Um, I didn't even get to my sound bites, but I'll get them tomorrow. I just wanted to be sure I got it all in. All right. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. Please, please subscribe to the show. Check out the show notes today at Bongino.com. Uh, but the subscriptions drive us up the charts. Check us out as iTunes, at SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, subscriptions are free. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. 
Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.